In this uh, episode, I have with me Sonal Asthana. If you could help me, Sonal. Sure, sure. I'm the clinical lead of hepatobiliary surgery and multi-organ transplantation at Astasimai Hospital in Hebbal. This is where we are recording this uh, this particular podcast. Uh, yeah. Is it everything because of our diet? What's going on with us? Well, uh, it's never one answer to a complex question. Certainly, uh, the way we eat has changed. The way we exercise has changed. And the way we are also relating to our environment has changed significantly within our lifetimes. Perhaps no other generation has seen so much change within its lifetime as uh, we've seen in the last 20 years. So it is but natural that you'll see a lot of changes occurring in our bodies because of this. And we are seeing a rise of a group of diseases which we call non-communicable diseases, NCDs, which are a big cause of, uh, of uh, sickness across the world now. And how do you see it like uh, we keep hearing and, and the media or the news or the we keep hearing that it's our lifestyle what has happened to it like we have become uh, robots <laughs> essentially working at any time of the hour eating at any time of the hours and, and eating anything or everything so how much has that resulted in what's happening to us as a human now yeah I think that when you look at um say how we live now versus how our parents or even going back two or three generations about how our grandparents used to live, you must understand that life has changed significantly because uh, on the one hand people tended to live locally, eat local, they had a lot more activity in their um, in their uh, uh, lifestyles when they actually moved around etc etc. All the walking was done, uh, all the movement was done by walking, uh, most, there were a lot more physicality in their li- living. Compared to what we do now, in fact, most of us are glued to chairs. We hardly walk around. Our uh, uh, our physical activity has de- has declined substantially. Uh, on the second uh, side, when we look at our diet, our diet has includes a lot more processed foods. It includes a lot more of sugars and uh, simple carbohydrates. Uh, includes a lot more fat than actually was perhaps uh, consumed before. So there's been a sea change in both our physical activity and diet and this reflects in uh, the diseases that we see now as well so uh, I have another question like uh, living here in Bangalore the lifestyle we are in is blaming our lifestyle the only solution I don't think so right I mean what would be your it's Friday chalo beer peene chalte hain you have so many microbreweries there is a peer pressure there is there's so many things going on in our mind that we just become part of that mm. So how is that affecting us? As you mentioned that the physical exercise, we have just stopped doing it. Yeah. Apart from that, we are taking all those empty calories, which is immediately affecting us in our body. Sure. I mean, I think that uh, we have to stop looking at health as a short-term solution. It is more like a fixed deposit in a bank. What you do today, I mean, uh, you're a young guy, you know, at this point, you can get away with anything and you can, a lot of us feel that uh, we, are, we are invincible, right? When you... When at a particular age, whatever you do, you're digesting everything, you're able to take everything on. But you must remember that the consequences of what you eat and your lifestyle accumulate over time. And they start to show when you're in your middle age, for example, when you're 50, when you're 55. So that's why uh, we, my biggest worry is that we find the people now who are perhaps uh, not living as healthy as they should or not exercising the way they should who will come to us perhaps or require medical treatment one or two decades down the line. This is like a fixed deposit. 
it keeps accumulating and so one day the interest will be due and uh, you will uh, we will see sort of a surge of diseases because these are all gradual changes they build up over time uh, equally i mean you mentioned something about peer pressure about uh, about the stress that we live in of course uh, we there's no doubt that we live in much more more stressful environments than our, our parents did for example you know work, work pressures environmental pollution sound pollution uh, the kind of stresses that our body are put through are perhaps very different from uh, any other generation has known uh, also it's i mean it's important to realize that tuning out for a little while having that own personal space is very good for you because it just does uh, help to decrease your metabolism a little bit helps you cut in tune with your own body and what you what you eat as well uh, regarding alcohol of course that is uh, very much something that every urban uh, sort of lifestyle has become very attuned to right now because uh, it's become a part of uh, you know sort of a social gathering a social gathering right now so alcohol as a lubricant and i mean uh, alcohol human human beings have had a complex relationship with alcohol uh, generally the only safe amount of alcohol is no alcohol <laughs> but uh, the uh, you know uh, social drinking there are a number of people who have managed to find a balance but clearly nowadays as you correctly alluded to we find a slight difference in the way people consume alcohol nowadays we do see a lot more of binge drinking where alcohol is sort of concentrated into the saturday and the sunday into the weekend where people tend to get their entire fix of alcohol in a very short period of time and binge drinking has no is known to have a lot of la- potential damaging effects on the liver and other systems of the body as well how, how much are we putting ourselves under stress because of our eating habit not exercising are we dying early now we say that uh, our life expectancy has increased hmm. but at the same time because of the modern diseases we are falling for because of not eating well not exercising enough taking up taking too much of stress is it getting evened out like a, a kid sitting in a tier 3 tier 4 city because his uh, he is going to be taken care of uh, polio chickenpox and all kind of disease he is not going to die but at the same time someone in bangalore consuming alcohol being in the heavy stress deliverables and what not traveling hours to his work mm. is it getting even out no i mean i think that it's a little early for us to say that this is going to actually cut down on your life because as i told you these things are not immediate these things are gradual we will not know the effects of these until one or two or even three decades down the line if someone is 25 years old right now you know living the good life in a place like bangalore uh, they may not see the effects of that on say for example their liver until uh, they are in middle age because this is a process that takes place over a long period of time so the expect or the effect on the life expectancy is something that we still need to see that's something that uh, we don't have enough data on at this point but there's no doubt that you know this balance has to be sort of rethought of about how we are with the world how we are with ourselves how what kind of diet we take how much exercise we think is appropriate uh, and now that we've sort of tamed a lot of the external forces that were that have sort of governed human life for you know for millennia such as the infectious disease we talked about cholera smallpox tb uh, polio which are essentially broadly under control now yeah. uh i think it's also important to for us to consider what we do with the quality of life that we have you know and uh, so those are trade offs that everybody has to make and of course the new diseases being busy all the time right we have to be busy and it's a mark of pride that we are busy from morning to night and 
we've been working 80 hour weeks or 90 hour weeks and and uh, we don't talk to each other because that's how busy we are but i i think that we have to it is definitely worth thinking we're busy for what are we busy just to be busy or are we busy for ourselves are we busy for the people we love uh, those are those are obviously considerations that one needs to uh, one need, need to keep in mind uh i have like one particular question because uh, i have most of my friends out here they are vegetarian and uh, they have been telling me that i don't drink alcohol and i'm a vegetarian mujhe liver issue nahi hoga i'll not get any liver issue so i want you to talk on that the same is with my mom also i will have nothing i am i have a perfect weight right now i cannot get any liver infection or disease that is simply not true uh, anybody can get liver disease please remember your liver diseases are extremely complex they are not related to one factor alone uh, the commonest myth that people have is that they will not get liver disease because they don't drink alcohol that is not true almost half the liver disease that we see comes to us with patients who do not drink alcohol who don't do not even touch a drop of alcohol please remember that your diet puts as much pressure on uh, the liver as uh, as alcohol would for example so somebody who has been a diabetic for say 10 20 years will invariably have fatty liver will invariably have liver damage and a number of people who we see presenting to us with liver cirrhosis are patients who have had diabetes for a long period of time so remember that diabetes is a risk factor for liver disease I'll, it's not about vegetarian or non vegetarian yeah obesity is another thing that is related to that if, if people are fatty then of course there is a higher risk of fatty liver as well we know that weight gain is related to all sorts of liver disease in the future the third is the composition of food that we eat if you eat a lot of carbohydrate rich food especially simple carbohydrates then we know that it also predisposes to fatty liver nash and what we call lean nash generally with about as a, as the sugar if you have sugar that you can pour for example please stay far away from it processed sugar uh, uh, colas and drinks etc that that have an inordinate amount of sugar these can all cause bad liver disease even if you know you're completely sort of off alcohol or uh, don't take any non veg so and the same is with the pizza and the burgers we are eating because the amount of fat it has or the fat in itself is not bad it's uh, the way we consume it i mean generally when people ask us about diet i'd say that if you're using eating roughly what your grandparents were eating you're probably okay you know remember that our grandparents were eating more millets they were not using eating as many any simple carbohydrates like wheat and rice so if you're eating more complex carbohydrates if you're eating it in small proportions you're probably okay if you're eating a lot of processed food or any kind of processed food essentially like red rice versus white rice yeah uh, red rice versus rice or, or no rice at all for example for example millets we are talking about so at this point there has been a big push even by uh, you know our honorable health minister to go back into increasing uh, the composition or consumption of millets so about 50 or 60 years ago you know it was much more common to eat ragi bajra jowar which are some of the more complex carbohydrates which are much better for you as compared to wheat and rice the complete switch over to wheat and rice especially you know the high starch uh, starch rice uh, that that is currently available the basmati is of different kinds is actually a relatively new phenomenon and it's not doing good for our health absolutely Absolutely. So I have a very good friend of mine, Vinay. If you are hearing this, I believe you now. Okay. He's the guy who's been just forcing us get onto millet. Yeah. He's like completely millet guy. Yeah. Now there there has been a big movement for it, and there's actually a fairly good amount of science 
that would uh, that would suggest that that is a useful thing awesome uh, what will be the other advice for someone in his 20s or starting his career uh, in information technology overall just stay healthy do exercise eat well drink less no, i mean i think i think the best advice is be kind to yourself <laughs> as in uh, uh, we are all come here with a pressure to achieve and we all come in expecting wearing this high stress life as a badge of honor but please remember that your 50 year old self will not thank you for it you know if you have if you take care of yourself right now get into a routine i mean it's not to say that you can't have fun you you should have fun that's what your you know you're growing up as for you go out meet new people and you socialize in whichever way you feel appropriate don't overdo it try and keep an eye on what you eat try and keep an eye on how you exercise how you move and then of course what you must remember that what you do today has implications you know 10 20 years from now and at that point uh, you may not be as fit and healthy as you are today uh, so it's worth thinking about that as uh, you plan your diet exercise and uh, your your life in general uh, coming back to the technology side of things how has covid changed your life like have you guys gotten completely into telemedicine is it the future of patient doctor relationship so uh, of course uh, covid has made a lot of differences in terms of uh, how we engage with patients uh, this uh, a lot of talk on uh, how many people have been affected by covid as well as how many people have not received the care that they needed because they were scared of covid and were not attending hospitals so uh, of course the non covid toll is something that is also quite large right now which is something that we are still in the process of counting clearly there has been a change a shift to to digital uh, you know adoption uh, which has actually been accelerated because of covid which is already existing before and telemedicine is one of those things uh, we know that telemedicine has increased several fold in the last 6 months and certainly it has uh, advantages you know for people who are far away who want to be in touch with the doctor and can uh, tell them about uh, their problems you know so for example if your doctor is in a particular place and you want to be get in touch with her or him you know you may want to just reach uh, the mouth through video call and the geography is not that important but clearly there's a lot more to medicine you know because for example the non verbal communication that's something that if i you must remember that as a medical doctor i'm trained to observe a patient as he or she is actually walking into my room how are they walking are they breathing fast is there a color a skin a uh, you know the right color or not are they talking to us appropriately so the non verbal part of communication or diagnosis or relationship building is something that often uh, gets missed in telemedicine so uh, yes it is getting adopted most of us are adopting it but of course there are a few caveats to it uh, another question uh, or the last question i would say because you are short of time you have another uh, session uh, do you see technology changing the way diagnosis is being done like the like there is a big noise around okay i will say noise because i keep hearing it the artificial intelligence how is it going to change the diagnosis especially in the liver yeah i think that the technology will change us of that there is no doubt uh, we are uh, adopting newer tools every year uh, and every, i mean almost every every day nowadays with uh, which is got the potential to change the way we look at disease and how we diagnose disease regarding artificial intelligence in particular i think that uh i'm uh, i think there are a few places where it would be very useful for example radiological diagnosis because those are things that can be uh, automated to a large degree but uh, 
we will have to see how they will change something as complex as diagnosis because diagnosis is the component of a history a physical examination tests which combine many different things before you can actually come to a particular uh, point so uh, i think that it i see a lot of promise in ai becoming a diagnostic aid and supplementing very specific parts of what we do such as say radiological imaging which is something that uh, ai is used is used quite increasingly in right now uh, but i think it's a little while away before you can get an artificial doctor so essentially uh, picking needle out of haystack haystack being the distributed data across many verticals and and ai being one of the aid which goes basically pulls everything out from it and and brings brings a unique copy in front of you so with the patient you also have an aid who helps you in deciding on his healthcare sure. is that what yeah i think uh, absolutely right i think that uh, we we use a number of diagnostic gates starting from the stethoscope right so i think that this is something that we would welcome into our laboratory uh, because certainly having sort of another look at perhaps data which is uh, not very obvious to to us would be would be very welcome and uh, coming on something like a smart watch which helps you track your heart rate and all do you see something like that would also be coming in future for taking care of our liver or and all like uh, specifically for the liver i am not so sure mm-hmm. because the liver generally is very asymptomatic you okay. don't really have any symptoms that are related specifically to the liver and most of the tests that we do are related either to imaging or to blood tests but yeah i think uh, monitoring one's vitals using wearables is something that is uh, that has really taken off and we we will see some very exciting movements in that direction here when it comes to remote monitoring of patients take care of taking care of people who are older who are living by themselves i think that there will be a substantial changes uh, which have probably been esca- escalated by covid and is it true that liver is the only organ in our body which ca- uh, which gets cured by itself if we start taking care of ourselves so the liver is the one organ that has got the massive regenerative capacity as you know there is a greek legend about this uh, uh, person called prometheus who stole the fire from the gods and uh, as a punishment uh, he was chained to a rock and every day uh, an eagle would come and eat up his liver and every night the liver would grow back so of course the ancients knew that the liver had that capacity to regenerate to grow back and uh, this is something that we obviously use because when we do operations for the liver we can remove part of it and the remaining liver would grow back uh this is why people are able to donate part of their livers to, to their loved ones because we, we know that even a small portion of the liver is enough to sustain life and to grow back into into what is a normal volume so uh so definitely there is a the, the liver has got more regenerative potential than than most other organs and uh, that is something that we can utilize to our advantage and we uh, i mean to make to take a point they say one has got fatty liver and you remove the factors that push the fatty level for example moderate alcohol consumption lose weight lead a good physical activity change diet accordingly uh then you can actually reverse fatty level and that uh, that is something that is quite exciting to us and and there has been enough research oh, done yes yes there's plenty also, of research to show that you can reverse liver damage uh, especially those caused by particular you know pathogens such as say an infection this is hepatitis b or hepatitis c or because of alcohol or because of fatty liver up to a particular point you are able to reverse it awesome thanks dr asthana this has been great uh, uh, talking to you and i think uh, a lot of our listeners will also learn 
especially get back to Ragi. <laughs> <laughs> and Absolutely. a good lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, a good lifestyle is probably something we can all get behind.